Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of The Law and Finance Show. And today we have another great guest on because one of the things I really like about this, you know, guest is that, you know, they're in the area of estate planning because a lot of times, whether you're a business owner or just you're just an individual trying to figure out what is going to happen with my estate, what's going to happen to the things that I own. And I will say is as a person who has seen the horrible impact that it could have to your own family when someone passes away and those things are not in order. I am telling you, you definitely want to talk to someone about getting proper plans in place about this. And we're going to talk about some awesome things about how she established and built and is growing her firm. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring my guest in. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Terrell. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. Absolutely. Absolutely. My pleasure. I mean, as I mentioned, you know, in, in kind of the intro, one of the things that I've seen um, is, you know, people that don't take estate planning as a proactive measure. And after someone passes away, there, I've just seen horrible things happen where family members are no longer on speaking terms. And I'm just like, that could be avoided. It really can be avoided uh, with planning. Uh, and just all you got to do is look at current events this, the last weekend. We don't know when we're leaving here. So, um, you know, putting it off and putting it off is it's just going to um, make it worse for your family. Think about your loved ones and uh, you you don't want to leave a mess for them, so the the sooner you can get your affairs in order, as we say, the better. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, before we jump into the details of you know a little bit more about you know estate planning and the types of services that you offer, can you tell us a little bit about your background and why you know the law was a path that you chose? Yeah, I always wanted to go to law school. Uh, maybe that's because. I'm old enough that uh, L.A. Law used to be on TV, which was <laughs> a great series. And I mean, I wanted to be a lawyer before then, but then, then watching that show. Um, so anyway, I was auditing tax returns for the Internal Revenue Service. I was a revenue agent, so I had a, a degree in accounting. And that, so law school was always something in the back of my mind I was going to do one day. So I actually was looking into a, a program to get my master's in accounting. And um, that that avenue was closed, the place where I was going to go. And I said, well, let me just look at this law school thing. So uh, investigating and, and uh, finding out that it, I did have access to law school. I went to school part-time as I was working full-time auditing tax returns. Uh, I went to North Carolina Central, which is the only evening program between DC and Atlanta, um, at least at the time it was. So I was privileged to be able to continue to work full-time and pursue my law degree. Now, what was that like? Because everyone that I've talked to that has gone to law school, they talk about how intense it is to go through law school. So you're working full time and yes. going to law school. What was that like? It is intense. Now, of course, you don't take 
12 hours, we were taking nine, um, nine hours, and we had class three nights a week. Basically, you have no life. You have absolutely no life. <laughs> do not even look at the television. Do not pass go. I spent my life in the library. So either I was in class or working or at the library. So. Okay. That's, that's I, <laughs> I, I can understand using, that. It was an hour drive. I was living in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, the law school was in Durham, North Carolina. So when you add all that together, there's like no time for anything but sleep, study, and work. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now, what made you, uh, are you from North Carolina or what, what took you to North Carolina? I ain't, Well, I was born here in Georgia at Fort Benning, Army brat. Uh, so my father got orders to Fort Bragg. Um, and so we, I did most of my growing up in, in North Carolina, uh, Fayetteville and Fort Bragg. But yeah, I was actually born here in Georgia because daddy was stationed at Fort Benning um, for okay. a while. So Gotcha, so North gotcha. Carolina, they're both home, but my mother's in, in North Carolina, so that's home. Okay. All right. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with Fort Bragg. My father was in the Army as well, and it just seems like anyone who's been in the Army, um, two of the most common things I hear people say is, I've gone through Fort Bragg, and I had lived in Germany at some point. <laughs> You know, he did get orders to Germany, but as a family, they decided that the children, we would not go. So uh, you, you might recall that if the if the family doesn't go, I think the orders are shorter. They don't stay as long. But anyway, so he did go to Germany. So that that <laughs> that still holds true. <laughs> yeah. Also. So now one of the things that I'm curious about is how did you find, you know, you studied accounting and, you know, that was your original background or professional background. You're working in the internal revenue services. And then as you were going through law school, I mean, did you did you think that you wanted to stay practicing, let's say, tax law or were you wanting to go a completely different route in legal? I did want to do tax law um, uh, when I started um college at Bennett College, I changed my major actually to accounting because I loved it so much. I mean, you know, you either love it or you hate it. <laughs> so I, I was one of those that loved it. I love that things made sense, you know, so, um, you know, that there was a process or whatever. So, so yeah, I knew that I did want to stick with tax law uh, when I added the law degree. Gotcha. Now, something that I, I you know, Yes, where you say you mentioned, you know, L.A. law and I think about like a lot of the legal television shows where, you know, there is a lot of emphasis placed on the arguments that are made. I'm curious, did you, you know, from loving, you know, accounting, like having that, you know, there's a bit structure, and there's processes, there's rules. Did you find that, you know, that was the case when you went through law school and you actually started figuring out this is what it really means to practice law? Yes, I, I, I did. I did. And I, I liked that side of it. I used to think that I was not a creative person. Then I found out later in life, there are people that use their creativity and those that don't. So I just, you know, sort of kind of started to become one that does because I, I just always thought, oh, I'm just a left brain person. I'm not creative. But so I cleared that notion. Um, but yes, the arguments and and actually, um and I'm a person who thought, oh, I'll never do litigation. That was, you know, I was just going to be a, a book person, tax planning, blah, blah, blah. 
Well, come to find out, I love litigation because <laughs> you have to be in the present moment. It's like playing the infield. You know, I used to hate being in center field. And then when I got to play first base, I'm like, oh, man, this is where the action is. So I loved it. And litigation is like that. Now, I'm I'm not the kind that can be a full time litigator for 20 years because litigation is very, very stressful. But I love that aspect of it. It's the, the thinking on your feet and the being in the present moment. Nice, nice. Now, I guess throughout your um, your, your going through law school, was litigation a, a big part of the school? Is that what got you the exposure to it or was it after no, law school? No. It was after I got my job, which was with, uh, I, I was lucky enough to get on with the chief counsel's office with the Internal Revenue Service. So I was hired as a trial attorney for the IRS, um, even though, you know, that wasn't like what I wanted to do, but that was part of the job. So, but as I started doing it, I thought it was just fantastic. So, so it was actually a blessing in, dis in uh, disguise. Mm -hmm. So, and actually, any kind of law that you practice, I think a little bit of litigation background is always good because you you know how things are going to end up if they don't work out with whatever transaction you're doing. You know, if things go sideways, how's that going to look in court? What's going to be admissible? What kind of arguments can you make? So that makes you a better planner. And you know, and a, uh, you can offer better services on the front end because you know what things are going to look like if it goes to litigation. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You know, that's one of the things that I have, you know, I guess you say established an extreme amount of appreciation from, you know, working with lawyers. I mean, my, my background is accounting and finance and, you know, in working with lawyers is just the their ability to think, like you said, you know, three steps down the road, like, OK, all right, how is this going to impact if the situation goes to trial how is this going to play in the trial and having to think through those things, you know, in the present moment, I'm like, you know, that is an amazing skill to develop. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting, but I, I do love that part of it. <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, with the interest in the, you know, the enjoyment that you found in litigation, what brought you, you know, in the background in tax, what brought you into, what brought you into, you know, estate planning? Well, actually, when I left the Internal Revenue Service and wanted to start my own practice, I, I, I was not going to start any uh, a litigation firm. That's just too time intensive. I wanted to relax. I wasn't trying to do, you know, get more stressed out. I wanted to be less stressed out. So I actually looked at estate planning because that is a uh, an area where, you know, you have an appointment with the client. You have it's a process and it's all pretty much controlled. So um you know, I didn't want the kind of practice where there would be emergencies or that's not to say that I don't take some short, term, you know, somebody does have a rush job. They need an estate plan done, you know, soon. Um, so I will do that. But that that's something I pick and choose. And I, I wouldn't pick a practice area where it's always going to be emergencies because I know how I'm wired and I don't want to be stressed out like that. <laughs> so. It, this was carefully selected uh, as a practice area. Awesome. I, I love it. I love it. Now, I guess when you first started practicing in the area of estate planning, you know, were there anything about estate planning or the process of estate planning that surprised you? <laughs> hmm. Um, well, uh, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but 
because even as a person who wasn't practicing in that area, I didn't know a lot about estate planning, but I guess as an, a lawyer, you always have a curiosity about lots of different subject areas. So you might you know, know enough to be dangerous, but most people just do not know the rules, the law and what can happen. And there can really be some unfortunate consequences from things they're doing. Like, uh, you know, if you decide to put your child on the deed or, you know, just major decisions that can really have bad ramifications because you don't know the law. So that's actually why I, uh, one of the reasons I do a lot of speaking when I can, um, just to educate people. Um, and they're always appreciative when I do, because, you know, there's so much that um, people don't know. And of course, I didn't know until I started specializing and studying this area. So um, that, yeah, and I get, I'm not sure how people would find out the information unless they did go listen to someone like me or meet with an attorney who practices in the area. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that from what I have seen, like even in my own family, when my grandmother passed away and when it came down to all of the inheritance, what would be left? And my father was the executor of a state and I'll be honest, at the time, he didn't know what that entailed. He didn't know all that would what would come with that. And, you know, the decisions that you have to make and just navigating, you know, the personal, the family dynamics is to the point where I think I had a conversation with my parents. I have three older brothers and I told them, I was like, you know, we are going to make some very clear decisions before anything happens to you guys, mm -hmm. because yeah. I don't want them mad at me for a decision you wanted to make. <laughs> Exactly. And even not just with um, your assets. Some, I've had a few calls, I think three just last month, where people wanted me to do a power of attorney for their loved one, but it was too late. The, the, the loved one did not have capacity to sign a power of attorney. So um, yeah, it's, it's of course better to plan in advance and just have everything ready. And then, then you can live your life. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, if people are looking for estate planning, you know, how can they find you online? Okay. My website is walkwithwalker.com. Uh, my social media, I think I'm, it's at Attorney Gwen on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Attorney Gwen. And uh, my LinkedIn profile is my name, Gwendolyn Walker. So, or feel free to email me at Gwen at walkwithwalker.com. Awesome. Now, when it comes down to, you know, providing estate planning services, you know, are you limited to only working in Georgia or how does that work? Yes. Um, for estate planning, that, that is per jurisdiction. So each state. So if uh, an attorney is licensed in the state, then they can uh, practice law in that area in the state. So yes, that is a state-based um, thing. It's not federal. So I, I happen to be licensed in North Carolina as well as Georgia, but right now I'm focusing on doing Georgia estate planning. Um, someday, one day, uh, I might start uh, have a satellite office in North Carolina <laughs> or something, but right now I'm focused on Georgia and becoming... Um, yeah, more laser focused uh, on that and, you know, expertise in Georgia law. Mm -hmm. so. you know, 
One of the other things that I noticed when I was looking at your website that I, I really like was um, in, I think it was the, you know, the firm overview, one of the, the, the links or the pages that you had is, do you need a lawyer? Um, and and I, I find that my initial thought is that is a sign of a good business owner, someone that knows my service isn't for everybody. Everybody doesn't need my service. Sometimes they just need a little direction, a little insight because I need to make sure that I can focus on working with the people who actually need what I have to deliver. Like, you know, from your perspective, what made you create that specific page on your website? Mm -hmm. And actually for, I was more focused on the tax situation for that. Cause there is a lot of good stuff at irs.gov. Um, so if you get a notice from the IRS, that's not like a notice of deficiency where you have 90 days to petition the tax court or something like that. But um, there is a lot of information there and um, you may or may not need an attorney to actually represent you before the, um, the appeals division or go to tax court for you. There might be a way to resolve it. So, I mean, like a paid consultation might be all you need or IRS.gov might answer your question or Dr. Google might answer your question. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one final question that I love asking every guest that comes on is, you know, when you think about your journey, you think about where you've been and where you are now in your journey, what's two lessons that you've learned along the way that you think would be helpful to other attorneys who are trying to grow and develop their firm? And it could be something that you've referenced earlier in the conversation, or it could be com two completely new things. Okay. First thing I'll say is as an entrepreneur, which you are, if you're a lawyer and you are hanging out your shingle, you're a business owner. Um, and as somebody said, you're a business owner and you're a marketing company. So don't ever forget that you're a marketing company. But um, as an entrepreneur, you're going to have a relationship with fear. What you want to do is have a good relationship with fear and learn how to manage your thoughts. Uh, like, you know, give the fear the respect it deserves, but don't let it run your life or your business. So that's one thing, fear. Uh, the other thing I would say is um, results. Focus on results. Um, I have a little thing on the top of my computer when I'm working. Sometimes I look at it, sometimes I don't. But it says, is this getting me clients? <laughs> so when I'm on Facebook or which is easy to do because I'm actually involved in some lawyer groups on Facebook. So, you know, I can count that as business time. But what kind of results am I generating from that that I'm doing? So um, I've, I'm working with a coach now and I've learned how to shift my focus to results. Because, you know, as an employee, you really focus on, OK, I did my eight hours. I gave the employer what they ask for it. But when you're in business, you need to be generating results, not just plugging the time, you know, punching the clock. So those are the two things I would say. Awesome. I love it. Well, Dirty Gwen, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. Terrell, I'm so appreciative for you, uh, the invitation. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You just checked out the Law and Finance Show, where we bring you great, insightful interviews that talk about the business and the financial side of managing a law firm. So subscribe to the show and check out more of the great interviews.